Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Childless Not By Choice. Before we get started, I would like to thank my sponsors and my supporters. First, I would like to thank Morgan Air Conditioning, Sales, Service, and Installation, serving Tampa, Florida, and the surrounding areas. Morgan Air can be reached by calling 813-500-7765. That's 813-500-7765. Thank you, Morgan Air, for recognizing the vision of Childless Not By Choice and being a part of it and thank you for all your work in the community. Next, I would like to thank Alba Digital Media for creating my website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net, and for producing this podcast. To contact Alba Digital Media for your web building and podcast production needs, visit www.albadigitalmedia.com. That's www.albadigitalmedia.com. Thank you, Alba Digital Media, for making me look good and sound good. Finally, I would like to thank Devoted, the musical duo who created my theme music. Thank you, Devoted, for your beautiful music and your awesome talent. To contact Devoted for your music needs, email devotedministries at gmail.com. That's devotedministries at gmail.com. And if you would like to become a one-time or ongoing sponsor of Childless Not By Choice, please contact me at Savilla at SavillaMorgan.com. That's Savilla at SavillaMorgan.com. Thank you so much for listening, and now on to the show. Well, hello everyone, Savilla Morgan here. Welcome back to Childless Not By Choice where my mission is to recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless, not-by-choice women and men around the world. I am spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life, although we could not, did not, have the children we so wanted. Well, welcome to part two of Childless, Not-by-Choice Women Who Changed the World. And um, I know that um, if you haven't listened to part one yet, please do go back and listen to part one. And I, I just am so excited about telling you about these women because they just encouraged me, just as I did the research on these women, just just reading and finding out more about these women just so encouraged me. And I really thought this would be a wonderful way to start out the new year. 2018. Is it okay for me to still say Happy New Year to you, although it's now, what, January 22nd? It's still early in the year. Happy New Year. I wish you all the best in 2018, and I hope it's your best year yet. Well, before we continue here, I would like to thank my Patreon contributors. Patreon contributors are those who have taken an interest in my platform, whether they fit the childless not-by-choice demographic or not. They have decided to contribute a certain dollar amount on a monthly basis to help fund this dream of creating awareness and conversation for and about the childless not-by-choice community globally. So I would like to thank podcaster Sarah Williams of the Tough Girls Podcast 
and Jordan Morgan. Thank you guys so very much for being patrons and being my Patreon contributors. I truly appreciate it. If you would like to become a Patreon contributor or a subscriber, please click the link in the show notes, www.patreon.com forward slash 21st Century Hannah. As many of you know, Childless Not by Choice and 21st Century Hannah are basically the same thing. It's under the same umbrella. And um, so please click the link there and it'll take you to my Patreon page and you can sign up there. You can contribute as little as a dollar per month, um, $10, 20 30 a million, whatever you'd like to give uh, would be greatly appreciated. It would just help me to continue to create awareness and spread the word about this demographic that can tend to hide in plain sight. So thank you so very much. Well, as I said, welcome to part two of um, Childless Not By Choice Women Who Changed the World. It was supposed to be 10, but I made it 11. So um, I just couldn't help it. <laughs> and there were so many more women, but um, I had to keep it at 11. And as you recall, this was um, this whole list was at the suggestion of one of the uh, women in the Childless Not By Choice group. Carol suggested it. And I think it's a great way to start out the new year. It's a great way of encouraging those of us who are childless, not by choice. So I, I hope that you are encouraged by hearing what these women did. Women of all ages, races, backgrounds, socio socioeconomic backgrounds, you name it. These women, they did a lot for us and for society on a whole. So continuing on here in part two, the first woman on this list, on the second part of the list, is popular TV chef and author. Julia Child. Ms. Julia Child was born on August 15, 1912, in Pasadena, California. In 1948, she moved to France, where she developed a penchant for French cuisine. With a goal of adapting sophisticated French cuisine for mainstream Americans, she collaborated on a two-volume cookbook called Mastering the Art of French Cooking, which was considered groundbreaking and has since become a standard guide for the culinary community. She also became a television icon with her popular cooking shows such as The French Chef. Her father, John McWilliams Jr., was a Princeton graduate and early investor in California real estate. His wife, Julia Carolyn Weston, was a paper company heiress whose father served as a lieutenant governor of Massachusetts. The family accumulated significant wealth, and as a result, Child lived a privileged childhood. She was educated at San Francisco's elite Catherine Branson School for Girls, where at a towering height of six feet two inches, she was the tallest student in her class. She was a lively prankster who, as one friend recalled, could be, quote, really, really wild, unquote. She was also adventurous and athletic, with talent in golf, tennis, and small game hunting. Wow. In 1945, while in Sri Lanka, Child began a relationship with fellow OSS employee Paul Child. 
In September of 1946, following the end of World War II, Julia and Paul returned to America and were married. In 1948, when Paul was reassigned to the U.S. Information Service at the American Embassy in Paris, the Childs moved to France. While there, Julia developed a penchant for French cuisine and attended the world-famous Cordon Bleu cooking school. Following her six-month training, which included private lessons with Master Chef Max Bugnard, I hope I'm saying it right, Julia banded with fellow Cordon Bleu students Simone Beck and Louisette Bertol to form the cooking school Le Col de Chois Gourmand, the school of the three gourmands. And so um, she, as I said, wrote the, the book Mastering the Art of French Cooking. She promoted her book on the Boston Public television station near her Cambridge Mass home. And I have an affinity for this because I grew up in Massachusetts. So I remember as a child, many of us growing up in Massachusetts back in that, you know, that day, not Julia Child's Day, of course, but, you know, as children, we watched the same public television station. So I just, you know, have an affinity for that. But um, she displayed her her book and her show was, was on that same channel. Um. In 1993, she was rewarded for her work when she became the first woman inducted into the Culinary Institute Hall of Fame in November 2000, following a 40-year career that has made her name synonymous with fine food and a permanent among the world's most famous chefs, Julia received France's highest honor, the Légion d'Honneur. The Légion d'Honneur. Again, I hope I'm saying it correctly. And in August 2002, the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History unveiled an exhibit featuring the kitchen where she filmed three of her popular cooking shows. She died in 2004 of kidney failure at her assisted living home in Montecito, which is in California, two days before her 92nd birthday. So she lived a long, illustrious life and put women on the map as chefs, and um, you can see many master chefs, female chefs now, um, because of Julia Child. She's um, she did so much for the the, the culinary world. It's, it's amazing. So definitely check out the the link in the show notes. Um, this particular link that I did the research on her was um, under biography.com. Um, so do check out the show notes and check out the link for even more information on Miss Child. And as I look at my notes um, on her, I said, uh, what did she say? She had a quote. Um, She said, in this line of work, you keep right on till you're through. Uh, Retired people are boring. (laughs) After her death, her last book, The Autobiography, My Life in France, was published with the help of her great-nephew, Alex Proudhon. I know some of you know that name. I didn't even know that they were related. Um, The book, which centered on how she discovered her true calling, became a bestseller. So in her autobiography, um, it was centered on how she discovered her true calling. So have you discovered your true calling? because you have one. And so please think about what your true calling is. I know you thought it was to have children. We all thought that, but now you have to think about it some more. 
So please do think about it some more. Well, the next woman on the list is Ms. Harriet Tubman, 1822 to 1913. Ms. Tubman was an escaped slave who became a leading figure in the abolitionist movement. Harriet Tubman also served as a spy for the U.S. Army during the Civil War and was an active participant in the struggle for women's, women's suffrage, an iconic symbol of courage and resistance to injustice, inspiring many generations of civil rights activists. Remember, this information that I'm reading to you is based on research that I did. These, these are not my words unless I say they are, but this is based, based on research. So, Ms. Tubman helped rescue over 70 slaves in about 13 expeditions and offering advice to many more. She often traveled in the darker winter months, making it easier to travel incognito by night. Because of the dangers on the road, she always took a revolver with her. <laughs> oh, wow, I love it. She was also willing to use it to threaten any escaped slave who wished to go back because she knew returning would endanger all of the escapees. She was proud never to lose an escaping slave on her expeditions. <laughs> In April 2016, it was announced she would figure on the U.S. $20 bill. Wow. From slave to being on U.S. money. Hmm. Well, um, for more information on Ms. Tubman, please go to biographyonline.net. And um, there is a great deal more of information on her there, along with many other women from her time period who pushed through for equality for women and for people of color. So I'm just so happy to see that. Um, and I hope that they don't change their minds, that she will be on the U.S. $20 bill. I thank her for everything that she did to help us, to help women and to help those of us of color. Thank you, Harriet Tubman. Well, the next person on the list is Ms. Ava Perón, who served as Argentina's first lady from 1946 to 1952. Eva Perón, or Eva Perón, or Evita, became a powerful political figure with a large support base amongst the poor and working class trade union members. She inspired millions with her campaigns to help the poor and give women the right to vote. To her supporters, she was a saint who strove to overcome poverty and injustice. To her detractors in the nation's military and bourgeoisie, she was a controversial figure at the heart of Argentinian politics. Eva Perón remains an important symbol of emancipation, especially for women in Latin America. She was one of the first women to create a lasting political and humanitarian legacy. Cristina Fernandez, the first female elected president of Argentina, claims that women of her generation owe a debt to Eva 
for her, quote, example of passion and combativeness, unquote. So <laughs> there are leaders. We are leaders. We can be leaders. We, we have it in us. It's within us. But we have to admit that we've been called to whatever it is that we've been called to. And then we just have to go out and do it. So for more information on Ms. Ava Perone, biographyonline.net. And um, I have found research on her quite, um, quite interesting. Again, one of those people that you, you know and hear about historically, but not really knowing the details until, you know, until I did the research. So please do check these women out for further information on the links that I provide in the show notes. They're worth the read. They really are if nothing else, for encouragement as we make our way through 2018. Well, the next woman on the list is Ms. Cicely Tyson. Ms. Tyson is an award-winning film, television, and stage actress. She is known for choosing quality roles that send positive messages to women of color. Cicely Tyson was born in New York City, December 4th, 1924, although some believe her birth year to be more like 1933. She built a successful career by carefully choosing roles that exemplified quality and depth. She has won accolades and awards for her performances on TV, stage, and in film, with credits including Sounder, Roots, the autobiography of Ms. Jane Pittman, and The Help. Tyson has won two Emmy Awards and a Tony Award, among other honors, over the course of her acting career. She was inducted into the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame in 1977. Ms. Tyson grew up in Harlem, New York, at the age of 18, she walked away from a typing job and began modeling. Tyson was then drawn to acting, though she had not been permitted to go to plays or movies as a child. When she got her first acting job, her religious mother, feeling that Tyson was choosing a sinful path, kicked her out of their home. Despite her mother's initial disapproval, the two of them did not speak for two for two years before reconciling. Tyson found success as an actress, appearing on stage, in movies, and on TV. Tyson was nominated for an Academy Award in 19, for 1972 Sounder. She also portrayed notable roles on television, including Kunta Kinte's mother in the adaptation of Alex Haley's Roots and the title role in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, which earned Tyson an Emmy Award in 1974. Moving to Broadway in 1983, Tyson was the lead in The Corn is Green, a play set in a Welsh mining town. However, Tyson's career trajectory wasn't a smooth one. At times, she had trouble simply finding work. She flatly refused to do what she called black exploitation films or to take parts solely for the paycheck and was selective about the roles she chose. 
As she explained in a 1983 interview, quote, unless a piece really said something, I had no interest in it. I have got to know that I have served some purpose here, unquote. Did you hear that? I have got to know that I have served some purpose here. Okay, I'll leave it alone. I don't want to beat a dead horse. <laughs> I have got to know that I have served some purpose here. <laughs> Unquote. Through the years, Tyson has kept much of her personal life, including her birth year, under wraps. One known personal detail is that Tyson was married to Miles Davis for seven years in the 1980s. Though other information about her life is scant, Tyson has a well-known commitment to community involvement. She co-founded the Dance Theater of Harlem after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, and when a school board in East Orange, New Jersey, wanted to name a performing arts school after her, she only agreed to accept the honor if she could participate in school activities. In addition to attending meetings and events, Tyson has even taught a master class at the school. That's what you call giving back. Tyson has received numerous acting awards and nominations and became a member of the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame in 1977. She has also been honored by the Congress of Racial Equality and by the National Council of Negro Women. And in 2010, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP, presented Tyson with its 95th Spingarn Medal, an award given to African Americans who have reached outstanding levels of achievement. In 2015, Tyson was nominated for an Emmy for her guest starring role in ABC's How to Get Away with Murder and was a recipient of the Kennedy Center Honors. The following year, she was honored with the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. For more information on Cicely Tyson, click the link below. Biography.com for Ms. Tyson. And by the way, um, she was born in the same part of the world I was. So I have a little bit of an affinity for her. And I just love her level of excellence and that she was not willing to take just any role just to make a paycheck. I love that. So my notes on Ms. Cicely Tyson, I say, did you get that? Quote, however, Tyson's career trajectory wasn't a smooth one. At times, she had trouble simply finding work. She flatly refused to do black exploitation films or to take uh, parts solely for the paycheck and was selective about the roles she chose, unquote. Spirit of excellence. No matter how much or how little you have, you can operate in a spirit of excellence. And um, a quote that she's known for, quote, I feel so guilty about the state of young people today. And I say that because our generation fought for everything. We fought to sit down at a counter, to sit on a bus. They were left with nothing to fight for, unquote. Yeah, it's tough when there's nothing to fight for. You can become relaxed and um, 
relaxation can, you know, it can mess you up <laughs> if you become too relaxed. So I totally understand what she means. Um, but for, as I said, for more information, please check out the link in the show notes. I put a link below each of these women's names so you can go directly to the information for that particular woman. So please do check out Miss Cicely Tyson. And then next on the list, um, I think this is the last person, right? Yeah, this is the last person. Yep, the last person on the list is Diane Fossey. Miss Diane Fossey was born in San Francisco, California in 1932. Her parents divorced when she was young, so Diane grew up with her mother and stepfather. By all accounts, she was an excellent student and was extremely interested in animals from a very young age. As some of you are thinking, I know that name. How do I know this woman? Uh, at age six, she began horseback riding lessons and in high school earned a letter on the riding team. When Diane enrolled in college courses at Mar uh, Marin Junior College, as California, Marin, junior college, she chose to uh, focus on business, following the encouragement of her stepfather, a wealthy businessman. She worked while in school, and at age 19, on the summer break following her freshman year of college, she went to work on a ranch in Montana. At the ranch, she fell in love with and developed an attachment to the animals but she was forced to leave early when she contracted chickenpox. Even so, she experienced the experience convinced Diane to follow her heart and return to school as a pre-veterinary student at the University of California. She found some of the chemistry and physics courses quite challenging, and ultimately she turned her focus to a degree in occupational therapy at San Jose State College, from which she graduated in 1954. She spent many years longing to visit Africa, another hint, and realized that if her dream were to be realized, she would have to take matters into her own hands. Therefore, in 1963, Diane took out a bank loan and began planning her first trip to Africa. She hired a driver by mail and prepared to set off to the land of her dreams. Do you guys see, I mean, do you see a running theme here? Seriously. Anyway, it took Diane Fossey's entire life savings in addition, in addition to the bank loan to make her dream a reality. In September 1963, she arrived in Kenya. Following her visit to the Virungas, Diane remained in Africa a while longer, staying with friends in Rhodesia. Upon arriving home in Kentucky, she resumed her work at Cossier Children's Hospital in order to repay the loan she had taken out for her trip to Africa, all the while dreaming of the day she would return. In 1980, Diane moved to Ithaca, New York, as a visiting associate professor at Cornell University. She used the time away from Car Carasok to focus on the manuscript of her book, Gorillas in the Mist. 
Now do you know who she is? <laughs> Published in 1983, the book is an account of her years in the rainforest with the mountain gorillas. Most importantly, it underscores the need for concerted conservation efforts. The book was well received and, like the movie of the same name, remains popular to this day. Diane had not been back to Rwanda long when, a few weeks before her 50, 54th birthday, she was murdered. Her body was found in her cabin on the morning of December 27, 1985. She had been struck twice on the head and face with a machete. There was evidence of forced entry, but no signs that robbery had been the motive. Very, very sad ending to, to the life of somebody who just was so interested and so interesting in conservation, in, in an animal that most people probably don't even care about. But again, she was called, and she did what she was called to do until she couldn't do it anymore. So it's a, a sad way for life to end, and, um, you know, unfortunately there are a lot of very mean, mean people on this planet, but we just have to live our best, most relevant and joyful and fulfilled lives anyway. And um, do the best with the life we're given. Because we never know how long we have. And uh, so it's a, it's a sad way to end. But, um, you know, I still say do the best you can with what you have. Uh, one of the quotes that she's known for saying is, quote, There was no way that I could explain to dogs friends or parents, my compelling need to return to Africa to launch a long-term study of the gorillas. Some may call it destiny and others may call it dismaying. I call the sudden turn of events in my life fortuitous, unquote. And that was a quote from Gorillas in the Mist. Um, in the Mist. She also said, quote, when you realize the value of all life you dwell less on what is past and concentrate on the preservation of the future, unquote. Again, another quote from Gorillas in the Mist. When you realize the value of all life, you dwell less on what is past and concentrate on the preservation of the future. It's beautiful. Again, it's like when you realize what you put on this earth to do, you just, you do it. And you push forward until, you know, till the end. You just keep going. Um, other women that I also found interesting, but I know I only promised, well, I promised 10 and I did 11, but um, feel free to please check these women out on the biographyonline.net website if you'd like to learn more about them. But uh, honorable mention goes to Ginger Rogers, Betsy Ross, Helen Keller, Catherine Kuhlman, and Bonnie Raitt. Um, these, if you do the research on them, you will find out, or you'll probably realize why I really like them. Um, they're just awesome. I call it indomitable women. They're just as awesome as the women that I did the research on. I mean, any one of these women would be just great to, to imitate. But I know you don't need to imitate because you've been called to what you've been called to. And so I hope that this will help you figure out what that is 
and it will compel you to get going in 2018 and um, just just do it. Just go for it, you know? So is there a woman who did not make the list? What What do you think? Let me know. I would love to do a follow-up to this episode as I believe it is such an encouragement to see these women. They did not fold their arms and check out because they didn't have children. And I'm sure some of them probably didn't want children and, and others did. But either way, they did not fold their arms and check out and become wallflowers. They just did what they had to do. You know, we're all given, we're, if we're alive, we were blessed with life. And so, no, we do not get to fold our arms and check out. We just have to push through. And um, also in the show notes, I put two links that list men and women down through history who never had children. So check out those two links. And um, uh, as I said earlier, the link that I, I used the most for my research was biographyonline.net. And uh, I also put some articles in here on um, just news articles. I don't do it with every episode, but um, there are some a couple of news articles. Well, I think I just put one in this case, one news article in here um, where they discuss women of power who are childless and the silly things that are said to them because they don't have any children. It's just, it's, it's amazing that this still happens, but there are a lot of things still happening that we just are, we just don't get it. It's 2018. <laughs> I almost said 2017. It's, it's 2018 and there are still things happening and being said that that you'd think people said maybe 100 or 200 years ago. So I don't know when it ends, but those who know better do better. So in closing, I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of Childless Not By Choice. I truly appreciate it. And as I always say, if you have not already joined the Facebook group, come on in. You're missing a lot of great conversation commiseration, and encouragement. There are women in there from all around the world who have found a great place to encourage and be encouraged. So please come on in and join the conversation. Check out the website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net. On the website, you will see various links for, there's a link for the podcast episodes. There's a link for resources um, please check out the resources link. I mean, everything in there was created by me or co-created somehow. There's more on that coming. So please check out all of the links um, and just know everything that I've created was, cre I created for you. I created with you in mind um, because I'm doing what I was called to do. I didn't get to have the children either. Didn't even get to have the one. I just wanted one, <laughs> but it didn't happen. So I decided not to fold my arms and to create a place for you where you can come in and feel safe and feel at home and feel understood and um, recognized. And that's what I'm doing. And I will continue to do so. And in 2018, on, a, on an even bigger scale. So if you want to get in contact with me, my contact information is in the show notes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. It's all there. Just um, give me about a day to respond. And um, in the meantime, I want to thank you so very much for listening. 
And until next time, bye.